After 32 years, I came out of the closet as a gay Christian pastor. Finally, on the outside of that suffocating prison, I'm looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. It's not enough to become informed. We have to do something about the harm we're still witnessing within systems and spaces we've been loyal to for so long. It's time we become reformers. All right, welcome back to my podcast, Confessions of a Reformer. I'm your host, Mike Myashiro, and it's just me again today. I wanted to do, as I'm nearing the end of this season and the end of 2023, I wanted to do a, an episode kind of going through the year like of this podcast and kind of recapping a couple of, how, like if this was an awards show, <laughs> I want to acknowledge the top five top performing episodes from the year. And I had a lot of guests on this year. Um, most of my podcast this year was series with guests. Um, so I want to first just let the stats speak for themselves as far as like what were the most popular episodes from the year. And then I want to go through and just kind of hit some highlights of what I personally enjoyed from these episodes that I did this year. So buckle up. No, you know what? You should do what I'm doing and get on the couch, put, put your feet up, grab a snack, enjoy an easy listen. Or, you know, if you're one of those commuters who listens to podcasts while you're driving, Thanks for having me with you. <laughs> okay, so uh, first I want to hit us with just the top five performing or most listened to, I guess I should say, podcast episodes of my podcast this year. And then we're going to give a, a celebration grand prize to the number one performing podcast episode from the year. All right, so the top five um, episodes are the cr- Christian nationalism episode that I did by myself. And then the Christian nationalism episode I did where I interviewed Tim Whitaker from the New Evangelicals. Um, and then one of the stories of deconstruction episodes I did with Kevin Garcia was in the top five. Um, in the Atheists s- series, I episode uh, what I interviewed Eve was framed and she was the top episode of that series. And then lastly, this one is a bit of a curve. What? I'm grading on a curve on this one because this episode came out five days ago at the recording of this, and it is, you know, at a pretty high listening point for how young it is. And it was the interview I did, um, a coming out story with Tyler Williamson. So those are the top five top performing episodes from my podcast this year. And drum roll, please, for the number one most listened to episode of my podcast for 2023. I don't know if you can hear me tapping on my laptop, but... (laughs) Um, that honor goes to Atheists with Eve Was Framed. That episode had the most listens of any episode I did this year. So who knew, you know, fascinating. And that's great. Like uh, Eve Was Framed, Eve is awesome. (laughs) It's so weird calling her by her pseudonym, her, what do I call it? Her stage name. Um, I kind of wish I had like an alter ego stage name. If I could go back. (laughs) No, I don't know if I'd do that. Anyway, um, so congratulations, Eve. Way to crush it. And then also, you know, second and third place to Kevin and Tim. Woo! All right, so now as I look at these episodes, um, just even at the series that I did this year, some of these episodes were actually particularly emotional for me. So I kind of want to hit, like, some of the more emotional interviews that I did this year and just kind of, like, acknowledge that. I interviewed April LaJoy for Christian Nationalism and the Gender Conversation, I did them both at the beginning of the year, but her gender episode didn't come out till the end of the year. And I remember talking to April LaJoy 
um, about gender being such an emotional conversation. I actually teared up while she was talking. Um, one, I think because I was overcome with like sadness for women and how women have been treated specifically within evangelicalism and just how some of that, you know, like sexism within church culture has actually like really harmed women. And I know some women who are still deeply evangelical who will deny that they're being harmed or oppressed or whatever and cannot see the ways that their own thinking and perspective about themselves and women in the world has been so warped by twisted patriarchal views within white Christian even evangelicalism, you know? Anyway, so that was like really painful hearing her share some of that. It was sobering. And then at another point in that same episode, I teared up from just how beautiful her perspective of God and gender was and just like her sincerity in her journey and the love that was pouring out of her from that. That was a beautiful experience that like still to this day, like I remember that being a pretty like impactful experience for me. That was really cool. Um, this one didn't get mentioned, but on social media, uh, my interview with Josh Scott on Christian nationalism, um, I made a couple of clips from some of these interviews and threw them on social media and Josh's, one of the clips with Josh popped off and got like hundreds of thousands of views and a ton of horrible comments. Um, so much, there was so much traction and like drama surrounding that conversation that we actually did a part two to the Christian nationalism conversation with Josh. Um, so that was fun. Uh, that one to me stood out, stood out because it was just so fascinating to see how his voice and his perspective and his posture in that conversation had such a, you know, striking impact. That was really interesting to me. Um, and so that stood out. I interviewed Savannah Ray Carreno for the first time on my podcast this year, and we were literally getting to know each other on the podcast call, like on the interview as it was happening. And that was really fun. So I remember my interview with Savannah being just really playful and fun. And I just felt like kind of a, um, like giddy because I'd been watching her for a while and I was just so impressed with her scholarship, you know, and just like her attention to detail and how eloquent she was in presenting her, her information. And I just loved it. So getting to have her on the call and I was still like, you know, like circling the whole conversation around atheists. And so it, what's, it, what's interesting is that whole atheist series came later. I wasn't used to talking about the atheist part of this conversation publicly. And Savannah was kind of a, my first like taste, I think, at that. So that was like, I remember that sticking out. Okay, I did, um, within the Stories of Deconstruction series, which is the umbrella that I interviewed Savannah Ray Carreno, I also interviewed Kim Daly in that series. And I remember Kim being the funniest of anybody I interviewed this year. I laughed so much in that conversation. I was not expecting that. Kim, so I've been, I've been following Kim for a while on social media. She's a lawyer. She's a lesbian. Um, she did a lot of great queer advocacy like content. That's I think my, the big reason why I followed her. I was not expecting her to be so funny. Like the showmanship in that conversation took me by surprise, and I like kind of felt self conscious after like the second half of the interview with how much I was laughing, and I wasn't trying to like humor her. I was like genuinely tickled by her wit and like you know presentation and form. It was just so intelligent and fun and playful and like niched. I really enjoyed my interview with Kim. And for the record, I've enjoyed all these interviews. I just, these are the things that stood out, you know? So I just kind of want to go through and like celebrate and process. Okay, so on the same series, so the Stories of Deconstruction series was the longest series I did this year and also probably, um, I guess what I want to say here, like I want, I guess I want to say diverse in terms of like the scope that these conversations went within the same 
umbrella subject, right? Which makes sense, right? Because deconstruction is so like wide. <laughs> um, but I remember when I interviewed Benji Fay, he talked about like like I remember being marked by some of his content around being adopted, right? An adoptee. And just like the experience and the rhetoric around that and then specifically how like even racism shows up within that space for him. I just really appreciate again just how intelligent and like eloquent he is in articulating his thoughts. And so I remember us talking through this, like him just sharing some of his experiences of like confronting racism within his church and within evangelicalism and just like how painful that was. And it was so awkward to hear because I was like, man, I believe everything he's saying. And if I was at his church or if he was at mine or whatever, I would have been oblivious at the time that this stuff was happening, I think. Um, Because like my awakening of just the white Christian nationalist like aspect of the faith I was raised in didn't really come to a head until 2020. So it was like sobering to hear some of his process and perspective thinking about who I was slash where I was when he was going through that in his life. Um, And then in that same series, Janice Legata, so from God Is Not Given on social media, that's her handle, similar aspects, like she came out of Hillsong, right? And was on the worship team and like heavily involved in helping run things there in New York with Carl Lentz. And so hearing some of her perspectives, especially as it pertained to, you know, being a black woman in that space, again, it was like, oh, there's so much about what they're saying now that I can hear now, thankfully. But at the time when these things were happening, I, I would have been some of the people they're just, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been like, you know, as bad as some of the things they were describing, but I definitely would not have been an ally. I would not have been helpful. I would have been like a deaf ear, which is so like sad and like, kind of grief stricken for me just having to acknowledge that you know and so like I guess you know I interviewed four black people in the stories of deconstruction I don't know that that was I don't know why but I guess also their content was just so striking for me in this specific genre Um, because the other person I interviewed in this space was to me Spencer Helms and they had such a another different flavor to all this because you know like they're their journey of like being queer and black in evangelicalism and doing the work. Like they have just such a different way of talking about all this that again was striking and just like hitting the heart of stuff that I just didn't get. And so the stories of deconstruction had a very strong, like black voice in it, which I'm so glad for. I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't do that on purpose, but I just, I mean, I think it just was compelling to me. And just, I get, I got to continuously <laughs> be confronted with the ways that I was complicit with the things they were addressing in their own experiences at the time that they were happening, you know, in their lives. Like I would have been asleep when that stuff was going on. And so that was like really, I just personally, like, uh, I just got to go through some like sober, like a self-evaluation and reflection and like accounting of like how ignorant you know and detached and privileged I was around a lot of those things so I loved that they you know got to share so candidly about those experiences I loved just how honest they were in sharing these things because I was the opposite end of those experiences when they were happening and I look back now and I'm like I'm embarrassed and like shocked and it wasn't just me like (laughs) most of the people I associated with and knew at that time were in that same boat and it was just so sobering to hold space for these conversations and just realize Man, I was on the wrong side of all this, you know? 
all the while also being victimized by some of the things that they were confronting when it came to theology and church culture and especially against queer people. Like, so it was a mixed bag for me. It just felt really layered and nuanced as I just continued to like hold those conversations. And I just remember that series specifically being <laughs> like sober, sobering um, and eye-opening and inspiring to me. And so for Kim Daly to be as funny in the midst of all that was just like maybe a balm and also like so juxtaposed to some of the heaviness that I was getting to navigate in the midst of all those conversations. But anyway, so that was like a big deal for me personally. Um, and I'm so glad that I got to host those conversations. I mean, I'm glad for all these, right? But like, as I'm remembering some of this, like there's some emotion there, you know, I just, I feel really grateful for a bunch of our, like people of color creating content, sharing their experiences and perspectives and like doing the work of like, helping us see the things we can't see when they don't owe that to us, you know, and there's so much that, you know, like how we have to overcome to even like be able to hear them. It's like, ah, oh, I just so, I'm so thankful that there are people in the world saying these things that are publicly accessible and that they're doing it in a way that like is still approachable and accessible. Like I'm so thankful, but yet like not compromising, you know, like, yeah. So just, yeah, I'm on, I just feel like a sense of gratitude and honor and feeling honored for having people like this on my podcast this year. So cool. And then for Pride Month, this was a whole interesting specific bent. Um, around May and June of this year was when the like bills, especially in Tennessee, were coming out against drag queens, right? And like trying to ban drag performances and art. And anyway, so I just kind of took to <laughs> my podcast and exclusively interviewed drag queens that month for Pride Month. So um, I interviewed a local drag artist here in Nashville named Tracy Otomy. That's her stage name. Um, I'd seen her perform a few times and was on a drag bus here in Nashville. And she was performing and like, she was awesome. Anyway, so, and then the next episode I had Flamey Grant on. And Flamey Grant has gotten so much national attention this year. And it's just like, it's so much fun watching their career just like take off. You know, not that it hadn't already, but like there's just been such a growing awareness and like, scope to Flamey's reach and I'm just so proud of Matthew for the work they're doing and anyway so getting to have, have them on the podcast was super cool because visually I was still posting my episodes on YouTube I haven't done that in like months but um, these videos were still coming out on YouTube as well and this one was super cool so if you didn't I think I said it in the episode but if you haven't listened to this episode you should watch it on YouTube because Matthew is putting makeup on and doing like go getting into drag while we're talking right and so by the end of the episode they're full on in this pink getup and it's I mean, just it's wig and makeup right but it was so cool to watch that happen while we were talking um and i remember getting to share i kind of got on a soapbox a little bit <laughs> about just like some of my passion and conviction around queer art and like drag queens especially um and so i, I felt like thankful to get to express that in that space so like matthew just being a place to get to like, for me to throw in. Cause I think they asked me like, what do you think about this? And so I chimed in and I think some stuff came out of me that I wasn't expecting, but like, I, you know, I felt strongly about, and that was like a cool moment for me. And then the third drag queen I interviewed that month was Britta Filter. Um, so they're in New York. Uh, I think they were on like episode eight or sorry, season 18, uh, 12. Oh God, I don't remember. It's in the episode, but they were um, on drag race and had kind of a controversial and like, painful experience in some of that season, you know? 
Um, so having them on was also really cool because of just the scope and the stages that, that, that they've been on, right? And the performances that they've been part of and the activism they're involved with when it comes to politics and like legislation. Like that was a really cool different take and approach to all this. It just kind of felt like the scope kept expanding as we went further down those interviews. And so that was just so cool to feel like it was a protest and like a stand in solidarity with drag queens specifically in during pride month while that was happening like in the political climate of our country like that felt like a cool like choice that i got to make and i'm so thankful that these are these guests came on and shared from their experiences you know and like yeah just were willing to open up um that was a really cool experience for me i man this podcast is cool <laughs> i'm just so thankful and pr- i just feel really privileged you know to like to have access to people like this and have a platform to get to like connect with them and like share their stories and experiences and perspectives and insight like I love it I wish I could have found this podcast when I was like 18 you know it would have changed my life <laughs> um, the next series was queer people in the church you know what I think that was also that was probably the second longest running series I did this year I had multiple guests um, this one was fun and special for me because the first guest I had on in that series was William Matthews from Um, We knew each other back from Bethel, right, when he was in Bethel Music. Um, So just getting to hear William's take on, you know, queer people in the church, queer people in the church and theology and spirituality and God and like, you know, Williams is so just a wordsmith, you know, and like so learned and profound and artistic. and, And I just I think every time he and I have a conversation, I feel like this kind of jarring, deep shift like sense of conviction or like inspiration or provocation um and it's like inspiring to me i think william matthews is somebody that like (laughs) it's uh, i'm inspired by a lot of people especially that i've had on my podcast but like talking to william you know just more like even on the phone like i feel challenged and provoked in very specific ways as a gay person you know like um just like hearing his perspective and like sense of justice and the work that he's engaged in like I just feel profoundly inspired there so um for what that's worth like I just really appreciated his voice on this subject um and then like I had Alicia Johnston and Colby Martin and Eric Feltes and David Gushy all chime in as well on this subject um I won't be able to go into every single one of them right here but like I just love getting to have these different perspectives on like queer people and the church you know like just getting to showcase the different perspectives of people in leadership um, in church spaces confronting homophobia and then also having a couple of queer people in there sharing their perspectives too right Um, having David Gushy on was super cool Uh, I'd been a fan of David's for a while Um, and it's fun because I met David later this year at um, Wild Goose the festival in August I believe Um, so it was cool to just go say hi and he like knew who I was which was like fun for me like that felt really um I felt like seen and valued there, but just hearing, getting to hear David's perspective and his story and how he became affirming in the work that he did, that was like a gift. I was like thankful that he was willing to go there and and he had mentioned afterward, like he hadn't really like shared those kinds of his, those parts of his story in other interviews he'd done. So he felt like this was like a special call or talk. So that was like really cool. I'd love getting to hear that feedback. Um, I'm kind of sorry, I'm just blazing past this. I just, you know, for the sake of time, I'm going to keep moving. But, like, that was a cool series. And getting to hear from Alicia and Colby and Eric was also just, like, they all had different, very, like, very different takes and, like, 
hands in the work that they'd been doing. And there were just such great conversations around queer people in church spaces. So yeah, I loved getting to have those conversations. The next series was Sex After Church. <laughs> um, so I interviewed Nick Gulick, Kat Harris, and Eric Feltes for that. Um, my interview with Nick is one of the episodes this year that like was probably the most jarring for me. Um, I think because I'm still dealing with some of my own sexual repression, right, of having been in purity culture for so long and being so committed to that. I know a lot of gay people who are in church spaces and still like having sexual experiences or having relationships outside. And I didn't do any of that, right? So I, just being a soldier boy, if you will, when it came to like adhering to purity culture standards, like I experienced some pretty intense repression of my own sexual experiences or like availability to being a sexual being from that. And so Nick being a sex coach and being so sex positive and so experienced and so candid around these subjects, this subject specifically, um, I think was in and of itself an experience, but then specifically he kind of like stepped into the coaching space on me right in the middle of the interview and asked me some questions and like walked me through a little moment that I ended up like having visceral emotion come up and I was choked up by like emotion, like just feeling shocked and surprised and like sad for aggrieved for me in the things that I had experienced in church as a sexual being that I didn't even recognize. And like Nick helped put language and connect some dots you know, on the spot that I was not expecting. It wasn't planned. And I was in, like exposed in a moment. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm not embarrassed. I feel maybe I felt a little self-conscious, but not in a bad way. And I was thankful. I was more thankful for the moment than anything. And just kind of shocked at what like came up. Um, that was, and so that interview just has like a special place in my heart. I was like thankful for the conversation. I love that we got to have it recorded, you know, and that got, we got to share it with the world. And I'm just thankful for Nick for holding space, right, for me and like being intuitive and listening and all that. That was like really cool. I remember my interview with Kat Harris. She was literally in her closet when we filmed this. <laughs> I don't think I told her we were going to film. So she was like, what? Um, and she hadn't been on a podcast in a long time. Like Kat had gone on a, like a, what's the word? Pastors go on this like sabbatical, right? Um, so jumping back into this was new for her. And she had written a whole book on purity culture, and she and I had been talking about this stuff for a while. So getting to have her in that was really cool. And then also Eric Feltes, having him chime in on some of his experiences around that. Like, anyway, the series was cool, and I loved getting to talk to these specific people around this subject. Um, the next series I did was Atheists, right? So Eve was framed, um, Heretical Theology. These are the names of their accounts. They go by different names in real life. So Will with Heretical Theology, and then Adam Frost, um, his podcast is called Curio City now. He and his wife do that. Um, but Adam, I met through, you know, my connections with Grace Point. Anyway, so these three atheists sharing their perspectives because they were all raised evangelical and then, you know, through their own journey and process and like intellectual honesty, like had to acknowledge that they were atheists and, you know, here's why. And I just appreciate all of them with their different perspectives and specific um, experiences and like lines of thought for how and why and the things that they like reference for accountability and a lot of this, right? My conversation with Eve was, I'm mean, obviously she wins like most listened to episode of my podcast this year, but also Eve and I like have so much in common in terms of like being in the Bethel space. Um, and just, that's a very specific culture to navigate, right? So getting to like know Eve since we both left that world has been a gift. Like she's been so gracious and encouraging and supportive 
toward me and it just feels like there's a kindred spirit there, you know? And like, just, it's so interesting because like I'm doing my work in a Christian context and she's doing her specifically confronting that I think she and I have a lot in common and do a lot of the same work actually, which is so strange. I have so much more and I'm going to bang something next to me as I say this in common with Eve than I do with so many Christians, um, which is kind of a mind job to like think about, right? But anyway, so I think just like knowing Eve is super cool. Like I just love who she is as a person and the way she shows up in the world and how she like presents her stuff. And so getting to have a conversation and just share that with the world was a gift and I loved it. Anyway, so I got to move on. God, this is getting a long episode. This episode's getting long. I got to move. Um, the next, next series I did was gender. It was short. I, I interviewed April Ajoy and then um, Berto Che Espinoza. We, um, it was just two conversations. I wanted to have more than them, but I, at that time in my life, I wasn't able to pull off further conversations around this because of scheduling and things. But um, getting to at least talk about that felt like something I just needed to include. I wanted to have more conversations here, so I think this will probably come up again later. I probably will do more conversation around the trans experience rather than gender in general. Um, so that'll probably come up, I'm assuming, in 2024 as I'm thinking about my myself <laughs> in that future space. But So this kind of felt like an initial just like kind of scratching of the surface of talking about that. But like I did an intro episode for all these series and my intro episode for gender um, felt like... Uh, I don't know, it felt like a, uh, a moment of like just stamping like like a check uh, a checkpoint on my journey of just getting to acknowledge here's what I think here's what I believe here's what I found here's what I you know like think is like ma- like matters in this conversation at this point it felt like an important checkpoint for me and so I love the opportunity that I took to just like say these things out loud because I I think this conversation is so f- is fascinating of all the subjects that I've interviewed people on this one probably feels like up there for me of like the most intriguing and probably the most impactful um which is interesting because a lot of this stuff is so important, you know? Um, anyway, so that, that happened. And then the afterlife was the following series. And I specifically spoke to people who were involved in church and like were in church leadership. Two of them were are active pastors now. Um, but like just talking to different theologians about the afterlife, you know, and just like what's coming afterward. I, I just like wanted to go there because, <laughs> um, you know, like that's been like a weird question mark for me in my deconstruction process. I was always so clear about the afterlife before I deconstructed. And so it's only a few years, like a couple, a few years ago that I started genuinely letting go of my ideas about what the afterlife was going to be like. Um, and so getting to hear from their perspectives, because these people had impacted my process and thinking. Um, so Josh Scott again, Kevin Garcia again, and then my friend Adam Harris this is his debut on my podcast. And so those conversations were fascinating and I got a lot of interesting comments from people, you know, like sharing their thoughts and appreciation for just getting to at least hear what other people are saying. That was cool. Um, and then I'm going to end this reflection on these episodes with Tyler's Tyler Williamson's coming out story. Um, something that I kind of assume is going to happen is I want to, for 2024, I want to talk to more gay men probably I would say queer people but probably specifically gay men because I'm a gay man right and I want to kind of zero in on like more specific layers of what it's like to be a gay person especially coming out of evangelicalism but not just about church but also like what is it like you know because there's a lot of 
there are a lot of assumptions and stereotypes out there about gay men and gay culture. And so I want to kind of hold space for some very specific conversations with gay men I know and let them share their perspectives and experiences and humanize this. Um, because the conversations I have with gay men and the attitudes and rhetoric I hear out there about gay, about gay men are not the same. And so I would like to just take some time to have multiple episodes with different gay men that I know and respect and have them share candidly about their perspective and their experiences and how they feel and what they think. And I think what would come up there, I'm hoping, would be what I've experienced with the people I'm thinking about right now. Uh, it's revealing. Like, it changes. You're like, oh, like... <laughs> you know, like when you think about a gay man, you kind of put him in a box already, right? Just because of the way culture has treated us. But like when you hear specific people telling their stories and they're hearing their perspectives and hearing what they think and what they don't think, what they believe and what they don't believe, what they care about and what they don't care about, like it's it's a different experience. So I think I want to hold space for that. So Tyler's interview um, feels like a precursor to other things I want to do. Um, but I wanted to take an episode to just like host space for Tyler's story. I've been coaching Tyler for over a year. And so I've been very involved in his process and like working through coming out as a gay man, recovering from evangelical harm and church leaders um, or like ministry organizations and leadership therein. You know, like Tyler's had a very specific experience in multiple organizations that I think is common for a lot of us, especially those of us who like got involved in leadership at any level. Um, and then as a gay person coming out of those things and deconstructing, like there was so much about his story that obviously, of course, I related to. Um, but also like, I think people in general, like Tyler has a way of being intentional and like emotionally aware of his process as he goes. And so I just wanted to like host some space for that. And you know, like there's been a lot of hype. Again, it's been five days since that episode came out, but a lot of people have been like consuming it and reacting to it and whatever. And I think because it's such a common experience and Tyler just has a humility and, on and honesty and a sincerity about sharing his experiences that I think is probably really inviting for people. So anyway, um, that's like, Listen, I want to acknowledge there are multiple people who I interviewed this year that I that didn't get any airtime in this episode right now. And I want to acknowledge like it's not because I don't value them. I was I wanted to go over some of the more pointed moments that I had personally through this process. But I mean, I just continue to be moved and like feel so thankful to get to like host people on my podcast that people like this would come spend time with me and be in this space with me. Um, I, there are so many amazing people in the world doing such great work. And I'm like, is that happening more now? Or are they just more accessible because of social media? I think both are true. Um, I just love that there are so many people doing so much relevant work on moving us forward as like thinking people, right? Around important issues that are having impact on people's lives, especially marginalized communities. So um, if you're listening to this and you were interviewed by me on my podcast and I didn't say anything about you, please know that I care about you and value what you've brought and you know the conversations we've had and the conversations we'll have down the road. Um, just for the sake of time, I wanted to you know, just like hit some highlights. Um, and this has gotten kind of long, so I'm going to land this. Everyone, thank you for being part of my podcast. Um, this is like a, a passion project, right? Like I don't have 
any revenue coming from my podcast space. It's not, I don't do this for work necessarily. I mean, it's, it is work for me, right? But um, I do it because it matters to me. I think it matters. I think it's, it's important. I want to be able to like draw attention to spaces and people that I think need to be heard. Um, so I love that this thing exists and that I have the opportunity to do this work. Um, thank you for being here and for listening. As, um, as I'm reflecting on 2023, I know like 2024 is right around the corner. And I think this next year, I'm hoping to have a different take than what I did this year. Although I think I'm probably gonna have to do some series next year just because, you know, this is a big deal and um, these conversations matter. So who knows on all that, my next episode I believe is gonna be about 2024. <laughs> um, I don't think it's just about my podcast, but anyway, thank you for listening, liking, commenting, sharing, rating, all that. Um, I appreciate you. I know some of you are like faithful repeat listeners. I got a Spotify wrapped for my podcast this year and I got to see like stats and whatever. And I'm like, oh, there's some diehard, like committed people to my podcast. And I'm really thankful for you. And if you just pop in every once in a while, I'm thankful for you too. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast and being here. I appreciate it. I will see you in the next episode. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to dive deeper, check out MikeMayashiro.com.